What's up? What's happening? It's your host, Logan. Downtown Roar Podcast, episode 11. Somehow it's a victory. Well, not Monday. Usually we record on Mondays. I had a lot of stuff going on. Just finished uh, the semester tonight. Finished the essay. And yeah, so we are recording on Tuesday. Victory Tuesday, I guess. Somehow, some way. What's going on, Tally? What? Um... If you go back to our last podcast a week and a half ago, uh, none of us were right. We all thought it was going to be a blowout. It's been a long time. Yeah, it, it feels like it's forever <laughs> ago at this point. Like it, it was a long week into the game, and I the game just kind of snuck up on me. I'm like, okay, time to turn on the Lions. Probably only going to be able to watch for like three quarters, maybe maybe turn on Sunday ticket. But the Lions kept keeping it interesting. The Lions pulled what the Bears did to us week one, and uh, we stole one from them. And it was, it was a fun game. It was a fun, exciting way to, to end the game as they finally did the most anti-Lions thing ever and actually pulled one off the down a couple uh, scores in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Uh, we were down, what, 10 with 10 with four, like four minutes left. Four minutes left. That was just... It, you can't make that up, man. And doesn't happen to us ever. And we punted with like six minutes left. I'm like, we're really giving the ball, give it to our defense to get to us, get us to stop so we can score twice. I'm like, yeah, that's not going to work. Like, <laughs> you know, I see it, see it three and out. I'm like, well, well Stafford's definitely going to score a touchdown here. And you know, the rest is history. When I saw uh, Mitch Trubisky sitting in that pocket on third oh, and four man. for that long, I was like, this is not going to be good. I was just saying, this isn't good. This isn't good. And then Romeo Orquara, who's been a beast all year. What was that? His seven seventh sack. sack yeah, seventh sack, sack of the year. And it was a strip sack. It was huge. And you can't stay in the pocket that long if you're Mitch. You got to throw that ball away and just punt it deep. Take your losses there. What was he in the pocket for six seconds there? They're going to get to you no matter what. And Yeah, definitely. I mean, the rush was good. And... <laughs> Mitch, who I thought had an all right game. I mean, nothing, nothing that stood out that much. Like right. he threw the ball thirty-five times, which it seems like he he threw the ball eight times in the first half. It felt like, but again, it was a lot of dinking and dunking, and it ended up being an all right game stats-wise. But again, he looked like the Mitch Trubisky everybody knows him for, and that's why they lost that game. <laughs> yeah, it really felt like he was just dumping it to Anthony Miller and Anthony Miller was just running downfield. And well, they let a, a wide receiver slash kick returner that was just running all over the field. Cordell Patterson turned into a running back and carrying for like six yards of carry. Oh, every single play. right. Some yes. I, I was like, what is going on? Like this dude's a, a wide receiver. He's out there for kick returns too. And he's just being, he's cutting us open right now. Like it's Aaron Jones. Well, I mean, our front seven hasn't been nearly uh, even anywhere close to good all year. So of course we can not. probably expect a, <laughs> not a halfback to take 10 carries and rush for 60 yards on us, I guess. <laughs> I mean, everything about the game was kind of going to plan and then it wasn't going to plan. And then we scored a lot of points and it, it just felt like a weird Sunday. A lot of weird games happened Sunday. We Tons. all over the league. So the Lions fit right in. And you got the Raiders chucking up a Hail Mary and the, the Jags scoring going into overtime with the Giants the Minis- beating the Yeah, the Giants beating it. Minnesota's in a playoff spot now. Crazy oh week across the NFL. The Lions <laughs> played a storyline in a crazy week. You, you can't ask for more out of a struggling football team. He gave us something to watch on Sunday, and they won. Yeah, and and I don't even want to bring this up with uh, you because it, it, on Sunday at my post game I was like, just just lose. That's what I basically said. And now I, I I'm asking you, the Vikings are six and six in a playoff spot right now. We nine seven is going to get in, and for sure. If you look at our schedule coming up, we're playing the Bucks. Brutal. The Vikings and uh, Packers and somebody of oh, Titans. Pretty much the Vikings and the Bucks, we could control our own destiny there. But it's, I don't even want to look like, look forward at this team even having a chance of making the playoffs. No, definitely not. They don't. 
But in the back of my mind, I'm saying, oh, Lions are one game out of a playoff spot, and they somehow play two of the teams that are in wild card spots right now. So yeah, which is very unfortunate. Exactly. So now I'm thinking maybe there's a chance in hell, but after my post game comments, I w- uh, I was getting reamed on Twitter because I, oh, I can't root for this team to lose. I guess it's a sin, but um, yeah, I don't know your thoughts. I mean, okay. From a perspective wise with five wins, that's a little bit too much already to like really get into the tank conversation with six games left. Exactly. You're, you're going to be picking from like eight to like 14 really in that area. So getting to six wins, like it doesn't, it's not the end of the world. I don't think they win another game, but who knows? The Lions went out. Nobody wants to play the Lions, right? Just beat some, they're the hot football team, <laughs> Daryl Bevel. Darryl, but that's never happening. But draft position wise. Yeah. I guess I want to see them lose, but Five and eleven this year. I don't even know if that fits into like the top six with the amount of garbage teams there are. Like it, like it would have been really tough to even get into the top six. I mean, we've been talking it for a couple weeks, but it is what it is. They won. They they played hard. They're still going to be able to get a guy. I hope it's going to be Michael Parsons from Penn State, the linebacker, because I think he's going to slip a little bit because he didn't play this year. So I think they're still going to be in the territory for him. It's just going to come down to do they still they steal one from one of these playoffs teams and get to like six and 10 or seven and nine, which w- could be unfortunate draft position wise. But if Daryl Bevel shows some life and the players are playing hard for him and they're winning games, I want to watch this team win. I, I, freaking, as well. I freaking hope Mika part or Micah or Mika, however you say it, Parsons is still available for the Lions, but. After that uh, that win on Sunday, you pretty much put yourselves at ten, or if not worse than ten. Even if you go five and eleven, you're looking at eight through twelve. But if without a top ten pick, it's going to be hard to get that linebacker. I I assume I'm looking at him. He, he's they got him around like the five to ten mark right now. So that, I don't yeah, think he's they, all over the place. Exactly Depends on the combine. Yeah, it really, it really does, and he could, he could really show out in the combine with um, plus speed, plus size, plus everything. Uh, you never know. Although the mock draft right but, now from a week ago. Yeah, and and here's the thing, or I was gonna say, but we're five and seven now, and in my eyes, I'm I'm kind of off team tank now because we just won last week, and that pretty much. Seals it. We're it's not likely we're going to get a top ten pick. If we lose out, we could we potentially get one. But so here's where I stand. You either win out or you either lose out. In my eyes, so I don't even know where I I, I begin to stand with this Lions team, which also uh, I do believe they have a good chance against this Packers squad on Sunday at four twenty five. That is a little sneak preview of what ha- or what's to come later, but let me tell you, I got a good, good feeling this Sunday, Sally. Just I don't know what I have, but it's a good one. I mean, it getting into it a little bit next week. It depends on who comes back. If Swift can play, obviously game changer. Oh, Kenny for Gallagher sure. can play game changer. Could be an interesting game to see Swift involved more as he wasn't really involved in the week two blowout loss. I don't think the Packers are that much better than the Lions. Obviously, record why it shows, but I think talent-wise, they're relatively the same. It just happens that Aaron Rodgers is on his fuck you tour this year, and he's yeah. doing his thing, like we stated earlier in the year. <laughs> but it could be an interesting game. That being said, getting into this somehow win, nobody really expected us. I think all three of us chose blowouts for the Bears, and the Bears did everything but that. Yeah, wow. We really did blow the biscuit on, on our picks. I did. I thought it was fair. But, again, I guess new head coach is always a little bit more fire. And with some of the See, stuff that I saw thing. this week, it, it's, it was not looking good. So, now, the post-game comments or the post-game question that I, I, I laughed at was – uh, somebody asked uh, uh, Daryl Bevel in the presser uh, if Matt Patricia congratulated him on his first win, and he was like, no, nope, he did not. 
And I immediately thought, man, this guy is just is, is just one. He, he seemed like he, a he, mean guy. He seems like he's not a, a good guy to be around. Like, I don't know what it is, but it huh. seemed like the players hated him. The it, locker room definitely hated him. Oh, uh, without a doubt, because if you ask Marvin Jones, I think it was Marvin Jones. Somebody asked him, "Oh, did you got how how much fun did you guys have out there?" And he, it was it the most fun you had in a while. And Marvin Jones was like was laughing, and and he said, "Yeah, yeah, that would probably be the most fun we had out there in in a, in a long, long time." So that was pretty shocking to hear, even from the players. But yeah, did you see the clip? Uh, I think it was CBS. Or it was NFL Network. It um, an assistant coach allegedly said, "Let's see how free and free spirited the players play now that the dictator is gone." They compared <laughs> it to like the Ber- the Berlin Wall falling. And oh my! It, I mean, it did look like they're having fun on Sunday. Stafford looked like he was having a great time. I mean, he it looked like Vincent Stafford, twenty seven for forty two, three touchdowns, an interception. That was a pretty bad interception. Big man pick. Always love to see that. But outside of the interception, I thought Stafford had his by far the best game of the year against a very good defense. Although that defense looks checked out and pissed off at the offense. Oh, 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 for sure. For sure. And Matthew Stafford, in my eyes, was the best quarterback in week 13 without a doubt. 400, 400 plus yards, three TDs. He had a just... Daryl Bevel opened up the playbook, and I think – did you see how many shots downfield they took in, in, in his um, his throwing stats? He yeah, took, took at it. least like eight or nine shots 20 yards downfield, I thought. Which is we what we've been begging for all year. Maybe Patricia was holding Bevel back a little bit. I, I still I'm don't sure think he's the guy for the job, but it was nice and refreshing to see him do well. If they bring in a defensive-minded coach, maybe Daryl Bevel sticks around. Just we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. I don't think he's head coach material. No, he's a good no. guy to have on the sideline. He's a good. I, I mean, he could be an all right offensive coordinator. He maybe he was just getting hold held back a little bit. I'm we'll off that to train too. Go. I'm off that train. He's no. He he can't be the offensive coordinator moving forward. But, yeah, no. We'll we'll see the last couple of weeks if it, does, yeah. if it opens up. They scored 34 points for the got a good point first time. In how however many weeks, of what Matt Patricia did it once in his tenure here, Daryl Bevel <laughs> done it once in one game. So yeah. it, maybe he was being held back a little bit. Stafford was let loose a little bit, and he didn't have that many often like his weapons. Adrian Peterson still ran for sixteen times. Marvin Jones was the number one wide receiver, and Quintus Cephas was really the number two. Yeah, and that throw to Quintus Cephas was just marvelous. Beautiful throw, beautiful was, catch, nice first touchdown for sure. Yeah, some of these throws on Sunday were just eye-opening. It that's what Stafford does too, man. He he makes the nice throws. He had that one mistake as you as you mentioned to that defensive or defensive tackle that uh, kind of swallowed that pass up. He tried to get it through to Hawkinson, I think, or was it Amendola? One or one or the other sidearmed it. Eh, what are you going to do? He really thought he could get it by the defender, but couldn't. Run game looked A-OK. It looked better because Adrian Peterson got two scores in there. He's he's good in the goal line. There, there's no doubt about it. I mean, he's AP. He, he's tough to tackle on the goal line. He has, he has actually really, really good vision on the goal line. Like, you can tell where he makes his – where what hole he hits and what gap he hits, and, and it's all to plan. But uh, what else on Sunday happened? I mean, Adrian Peterson did have his uh, his Lions stat line, as always, 16 carries, 57 <laughs> yards, 3.6 yards per carry with a long of 15. So if you take that away, which I'm not a fan of doing that, that's like a garbage thing to say. But if you do take it away, 15 carries for for 43-odd y- yards, it's not ideal, AP. Definitely mm. not ideal. No, it's not. And how could you blame him? I mean, the guy is so old. And no, no, definitely not. He knows he can't handle the workload anymore. It's just oh, yeah. unfortunate that DeAndre Swift's hurt at the moment. He'll be coming back. I th- I really think he's going to come back this week. He, he was sick because of the concussion. I, I think he cleared protocol. But then um, 
he had an illness. They never really say what it was. It shouldn't be too serious. He should be back for this week, though. Yeah, for sure. That would be what two or three weeks off or so. I don't. I don't even know. He's had. I think he's had more than that because of Thanksgiving and all that. Yeah, yeah. But AP doesn't really have much help because he has no change of pace back either to kind of offset him. So defenses are just ready for him. But also, Daryl. I saw Daryl Bevel said at halftime something like he was just he just told the defense to play loose out there. And and if you have to just run like a chicken with his head cut off, uh, and, and get and just get to the spot and, and do some damage. I, I don't know if it really worked. They gave I mean, they seven, him seven after points. halftime. Yeah, seven so, points in the second half. Well, I think Patricia the the second half. Patricia has to have his defense on on a strict strict. Where you got to be is where you got to be. You can't. You can't make any gut decisions. You can't make any any off script decisions when you're when you're looking at the play or when you're literally in the play. And and that to me is I I don't agree with it. I agree with 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 using your eyes and using your your head on what to do in certain situations mid play. I think that very goes uh, goes very underestimated. And that's no, what de- definitely. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the defense throughout the game, the Bears started field goal, touchdown, touchdown, punt, touchdown, right? So that's <laughs> not a that's twenty. No. That's horrible. horrible. But then the second half comes around, punt, touchdown, punt, punt, fumble, d- turnover on downs. They clamped up for the fourth quarter, and sure. I don't know what Darabelle said. I don't know. what – Corey Udlin did defensively made they made adjustments for the first time in history I think and the defense did what they haven't done all year and made second half adjustments and actually played well and played together they they looked like they knew what they were doing there was no like nine men on the field ten men on the field wasn't what there wasn't really particularly a bad penalty that they took it was kind of a clean defensive game in the second half and this is with a really banged up defensive squad, nonetheless. And I know that's Absolutely. that's no excuse, no nothing to to hang your hat on. But when when you're looking at this defense perform that well in the second half, I know it's the Bears. I know it's the Bears' offense, but you got to give them credit where it's due. They were getting pressure up front with Everson Griffin. He got a big time sack there too. I know, and Romeo Aquara as well. They they clutched up in the second half with those two sacks. But also, they really kind of took away David Montgomery and what he was doing in the first half because he was, quite frankly, smoking us in the first half. And that was freeing up Mitch to make those plays downfield because our our linebackers had to commit to the run game and they couldn't, you know, back off and, and, and play a little uh, less less pressure. But, you know, that that's just the way the game goes. Yeah, it, especially, like you just said, for how hurt the defense is and how little of talent I think that <laughs> there is on the defensive side of the ball. The second half was good. Yeah, it's the Bears. Yeah, it's Mitch Trubisky. But if you look in the past, this dude, Mitch Trubisky, has absolutely dominated the Lions going back to week one and even the years before that. Jeez. His favorite team to play against has to be the Lions. This guy throws for like three touchdowns every game. But they kept him in check. He didn't look to be doing anything. And David Montgomery, who had a very big first half, he still had two touchdowns, was very quiet in the second half. Yeah. And going away from the game here a little bit, I know there's been a lot of talk uh, over the head coaching position in Detroit, which is kind of shocking because I didn't really expect all this talk. What are we in, week 14? Like – the season's still going here, people, and and we got head coaches making comments or, or assistant coaches making comments about our job already. Uh, players were even chiming in, like Richard Sherman, etc. Robert Sala yeah. is clearly the favorite to land this job. He, I think, made some comments about it, I want to say. Uh, or his family did. His family made some comments to Robert about it. I know that. I saw that. They were like, oh, we were, uh, I don't know. They really wanted to get the job, supposedly. Which, in all reality, I think he's could be the most deserving, most qualified guy. Yeah. He's from Detroit. There's connections there. They're, the, the 49ers season's over. They got Nick Mullen starting. Kittle's out. That's There's also true. Really, yeah, they, Richard Sherman knows that. 
I think Richard Sherman has an immense amount of respect for Robert Sala and what he's done for them. He's turned that defense into a powerhouse, a lot of injuries on that side of the ball this year, and they're still performing week in, week out. No, it's early in the week, but it, early in the year, talk about coaches, all that. That's my guy. I don't know how many guys there there really are for this position. I don't know how many guys they're going to interview, but I think he's your 1A. Yeah, and if, if he's really a leader amongst men, which is what Richard Sherman called him, that's all you need in a head coach. If you have a leader at the helm, a true leader in Robert Sala, like, and then you put your coordinators next to him, that's that's what a legitimate team looks like. You need yeah, a- no, definitely. I can compare it just to like the New York Giants. I was making fun of my Giants friends. I got a lot of Giants friends. Joe Judge, the hair of Joe Judge, special I teams. Love Joe not, Judge. Yeah, this dude is leading his team. He's always fired up. If you look at Robert Sala on the sidelines, every time his defense gets a stop, he is up on the field screaming. That's a dude that I want leading my team. And I don't want this Matt Patricia who's just sitting back and his fat slob on the sideline, no emotion at all. I want somebody that cares about this football team and that wants to win and wants to put us in the best position to win. And I think it's there's no really better guy than Robert Sala. You know what? That's that's so true because a lot of the 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 hits on Patricia is he's too serious. He he he's whatever. There's no fun. Yeah, literally. No fun involved. And, and when you look at Sala and and Joe Judge, like they will get on the field and defend their players no matter what. And Brian Flores too. Yeah, yeah, he can go in that. If you guys saw that Sunday, wanted to fight yeah. <laughs> the other team. Literally, and and when Patricia after a big play, I haven't seen him pumped up once on the sideline. Nope. No, seriously, I, I cannot remember a single time where he's ever showed any emotion. Maybe the one time was the Patriots win. That was in the locker room. That wasn't even during the game. Yeah. I guess you could say the Bill Belichick thing where he's a, oh, he's coming from the Patriots. Bill Belichick doesn't even show emotion. Well, that's different. He's yeah. allowed to not show emotion. I want a dude that has something to prove, and he wants to be excited that he's proving something. Matt Patricia just thought he was entitled and he was going to give it to him. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's a great point. I, I didn't even realize that until now, until you brought it up. But what else was I going to say about the – oh, Jerry Reese. Uh, there was a little talk about him becoming the next GM in Detroit. Also, the, the Detroit is not doing another search firm, which brought them Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia into Ooh, I, So that's wow. cool. Yeah, please no. Yeah, please no. But Jerry Reese is the former ex-Giants GM when they won two Super Bowls, and he was let go during the Eli Manning kind of transition out of Eli Manning phase, which he served 10 years with the New York Giants, won two Super Bowls. Guy is really, really knowledgeable uh, of the GM position, which also I saw on Twitter. I don't know if you saw this, but the Lions have never hired a GM that had previous GM experience. And which is crazy. I was thrown off by this. I didn't know what to think. I I would ultimately just try it for the hell of it to get a guy with previous GM experience because nothing has worked so far. Absolutely nothing. We've scraped bottom of the barrel. We can't find shit. So let's just get a guy that, that has had his experience and, and kind of knows what he's doing instead of having a guy experiment. You can't experiment in Detroit. Like, it's you got to like know what you're doing right out the bat. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Jerry Reese, yeah, he's got a lot of experience. I don't know how much I'd do for that as those Giants team. Yeah, they did win the Super Bowl, but neither of those teams w- were very good. Ultimately, it took a lot of luck. and I mean, it takes a lot of skill to win the Super Bowl. There was a kind of a miracle, miracle run that happened with them. I don't know if he's like – the dude for the job, but you're absolutely correct yeah, with yeah. get wanting a guy with experience. There's no more, t- unless it's Lewis Riddick, give me somebody with, with 
a ton of experience at the GM position that knows how to build a winner, knows how to build a franchise. Anything besides the the local experiment that Sheila Ford wants to go through again. <laughs> For sure. And the Fords are preaching, we want to win. Like, we're urgent to win. So let's get a guy with experience and, and put some urgency into this shit. But uh, your Giants fans are not going to like those comments about Jerry Reese. No, definitely not. <laughs> I mean, he's let go for a reason. They brought in, I think, it, Gettleman's not a very good GM either. Well, I really think he, he was let go because, you know, his time was up. Ten years, that, that's that's plenty, you know. I but, mean, ten years, with two Super Bowls, I think you get a lifetime contract. Yeah. yeah. Super Bowl every five years, that's interesting that they did let him go. I'm not sure. That was – uh, they were cursed after that boat picture with um, Odell oh, Beckham and all that. Man. Yeah, out, out on the boat, boat in Miami six days before their, their wild card game. <laughs> Definitely an interesting, interesting tactic by the New York football giants there. Yeah, but we just had to touch on a little head coach, a little GM talk because that's going to be always, ongoing for all weekly. Yeah, and – Flipping sports here. Did you hear about the NHL news today? That was pretty big. Yeah, January. I heard tentative date in January 13th. Yeah, January 13th. I couldn't believe it. The other day I was thinking about uh, just reaching out to you to be like, what, what's going on with the NHL? Are they going to figure their, their their crap out? Because yeah, it feels like forever they haven't done anything. I haven't made any Red Wings videos. There's nothing to yeah. even talk about. <laughs> like, like, I we didn't even know if there was going to be a season. Was. Exactly. They there's literally been no talk from the NHLPA and the the owners association as well. But finally today, I think we got actually a hard hard tentative date. And even Pat Pat Caputo uh, Pat Caputo was talking about a 97-1. He's talking about the roster and all that. I think this team kind of just you know flipping sports a little bit, getting to the Red Wings. I think this team could be 10 to 15 wins better than they were last year. I'm excited for the season. That's why I'm excited to start getting all this NHL news. I can get the lines together. We can preview that on the show eventually once they fully have everything ready for the NHL season. But it's getting back to the time where I want the NHL back in my life. Yeah, also I heard that they could be doing a lot more outside games this year due to COVID-19, which... Which would be very cool. Could be definitely interesting. Uh, I don't know if I would go to a game in the freezing cold in the middle of Detroit <laughs> in February, but that would be fun. How about that game? Experience. I think it was the Winter Classic or something, and it was snowing. Yeah, wow. it, was, it was against Toronto. It was like a blizzard. Dude, that I would I would love just to watch one of those games again. Went to the I went, I think that one went to a shootout. Yeah, yeah, that was a great game. But that could be another good idea for the NHL. But that whole players association, I guess they agreed out of nowhere. There was absolutely no talks about them even meeting. I don't even think, but I guess it was just another, you know, millionaires versus billionaires again with the players and and, and the owners. Oh, I heard that the owners agreed on initially like a 10% refund from uh, last year down the line from years to come when they make up that revenue and then all of a sudden they wanted to change it to to 20% and the players were just were just fed up with that shit with the uh, billionaire owners but eh. somehow yeah, they came that, to a close oh i heard about uh something for the revenue they might be putting ads on jerseys this year to make up ah. for some of the lost revenue which uh i guess it would really suck to see like an ad again on the Red Wings. You got to do uh, what you got to do. Red, yeah. Yeah. I, you can't really be mad about it because no. they're struggling, they it, especially the NHL. The NHL's not, it's probably the four, it's the smallest of the four major sports For sure. by a large margin with viewership wise, all that. So if you do what you got to do to give me the NHL season, no, I don't want to lock out. Let me, let me watch some more hockey. Yeah. Yep. yep. And I have no problem with the ads. They're struggling. So, you know what? They need to make their money. They need to be able to play, uh, pay players down the line and get through this this pandemic like everybody else has got to get through it, you know? Yeah, no, it's really tough for the NHL. They're put in a really hard situation. They're starting later than the NBA, and the NBA finished 
weeks after them. So that's also not a good look to not be playing before Christmas. Yeah, but, but see, here's the thing. Uh, just sorry to cut you off, but no, you're right. The NBA, the way I look at it, they are with their money. They are more financially stable than the NHL. I think that's why it took the NHL a little bit longer. So I think the fans are saying, oh, why is it taking the NHL this long? They're not really looking at the big picture here. The NBA is very, very successful. And the NHL is still trying to grow their brand more. And and, and this probably was a big hit, COVID-19, for them. Bigger than any, as you just mentioned, any of the other three major sports, you know? That's why I think they, it took them that long. Yeah, which is very fair uh, point because the NHL, viewership-wise, it's not even close. So that's where all your money comes from is viewership, commercials, ads. That's where all the revenue comes from. And even when you lose the, the loyal fans who pay to watch the entertainment on the ice in person, a lot of that costs the teams a ton of money, let alone the NHL. So – it's going to take a little bit longer to get started up. I wouldn't be surprised if it's like a 40-game season in the end, maybe even like a 50. It could be a really shortened year just to make up for all this lost time. And they're adding a new team after this year. So we'll see what happens with all that with Seattle, True. what happens with the expansion draft and how they're going to fit them in to this huge pandemic problem. It's, <laughs> it's going to be an interesting upcoming year for the Red Wings, for the NHL. I just want to see hockey played. I want to see the the Red Wings win more games than they did last year, which without a doubt they should. Exactly. Also, I think they were leaning towards a 52 to 56 game season. I don't, I, I don't think they've come to a, a agreement on that. As long, I, that's fine. Especially, especially when it's not 80, 80 some, because you know what that means? That means the draft's a lot closer than it normally would yeah, exactly. be. And, and the Red Wings are going to get a lot better very fast and they're going to have another top five pick they're going to be they're still going to be bad this year for hopefully sure. they get lucky with the lottery balls and they can actually hit something for once in their existence here and we can get a top three pick in the draft yeah i feel like we get screwed every year but it's yeah, that's just how it is but stevie y knows how to build the franchise he's been building it from the ground up the last two years kenny holland let him left him with an absolute graveyard and he's starting to clear out some of the uh, the darkest souls the Red Wings had. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago. Yes, sir. Hasn't made any moves since. That's why we haven't really been talking Red Wings. It's nice to finally get on it a little bit because there is uh, finally just a small piece of information we, that they gave to us. We are, we are very excited. But one more thing I want to touch on with the NHL with this whole COVID thing is the NHL is also – people got fans got to understand it's really big on, on the in-game atmosphere because – you know, NHL, if you're not an NHL fan, you want to be in the seats rather than watching it at home because when you're in the seats, you hear all the checks. You hear all, all, all the all the shots, the bruises, everything on the ice. You know, you got the whole the whole alcohol part of it, beers, this, that, everything. It, it's just it's just uh I think fans at home would rather watch it in, in, in person, you know what I mean? Rather than any of the other ma- three major sports. I feel like you know, NFL fans, a lot of people like to watch it at home in their own man caves, et cetera, all that crap. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, and even when you're watching it at home, th- when there's fans in the stadium, it's a comp- – I mean, we haven't seen really our teams because, you know, the Red Wings weren't in the playoffs, but <laughs> the bubble felt a lot different than normal because obviously it's For sure. But it just doesn't seem the same. You can hear a lot more of the players talking and kind of going at each other. But with those fans behind it, it may, that's why the Stanley Cup playoffs is the best playoffs in the world, and I don't think it's really close. <laughs> and then, but it's, it loses some of its magic, as every other sport does without fans. But I think that really, really hurt the NHL with, oh, with viewers because there's just not fans there. It's so loud, and it, when there's a good chant going, like when they're ch- chanting the opposing goalie when he gets scored on, it, that's all comes with the aura of the NHL and the NHL losing that's a huge, huge blow. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And obviously, we're going to be touching on more NHL because that season's going to be hitting up very soon. Just want to get away from a little, a little football talk, but we can get back into this game a little bit. Uh, what, what else do we have to touch on here? Oh, Marvin Jones had, had, a, had a really big day 
he all targets too. He got volume targets this week. Yeah, and and I felt like the offense was was just getting into a rhythm. You know, it was very very well well put out because Stafford was hitting everybody. He was hitting Marvin Jones. He was hitting Hawkinson. He was hitting Cephas. Even Muhammad Sanu got in there. So I mean, if you look at this. The production all around the team was very well used, I thought. And also in that game, there was a lot of motion pre-snap with Jamal Agnew and Danny Amendola. It was good to see Amendola back, even though I've been hard on him this year. But he he he, he can make really a phenomenal catch. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that catch was phenomenal. The the offense definitely in the second half looking the rhythm. TJ Hawkinson, we say it every week. This dude's every. a security blanket. Catches everything that's thrown his way. He had, he had nine targets, second most this year. He's Seven a pro catches, bowler, man. 84. Yeah, he's leading the NFC in the pro ball votes right now. The dude is legit a stud, and he's only going to get better. Him and nine are going to continue their connection as the season goes on. I think I think I saw a stat. He's like 177 yards away from being like the franchise um, record holder in for yards in the season, which he's going to blow out barring some some terrible injury. So people calling him a bust at eight or whatever what was it eight? Yeah, keep yeah, talking. Yeah, was it? Keep yeah. talking, people. Keep talking. He's going to be probably the greatest tight end yards wise in franchise history. Yeah, and the dude is 23 years old. Yeah, <laughs> he's got a lot of football left in him. G- give me TJ Hawkinson over Mark Andrews any day of the week, and and you can go into my mentions about this any day of the week. TJ Hawkinson is better than Mark Andrews in my eyes, no doubt in my mind. No offense too, Hall. Oh, I had some some very mad uh, Denver Broncos fans when I said that <laughs> TJ Hawkinson's better. But I don't, oh man, one went one one went eight, one went like thirtieth for a reason. Was yeah. way more developed of a tight end at the moment. Think no offense, a great tight end. He's going to be a great tight end. But TJ Hawkinson is going to be possibly a top two tight end in the league when it's all said and done, when his career starts to come to an end. Yeah, and if Hawk keeps working out with the best tight end in the league right now, George Kittle, he's only going to get that much better. Oh, those two are best friends. Yeah. <laughs> and I know Hawk wants to be everything that George Kittle is. He can Literally. because he runs just as fast he does. He doesn't run as hard as Greg Kittle does, but I don't think anybody else in the NFL runs as hard as Greg Kittle does. No. That dude wants to win. I, I want him to breed that type of passion in TJ Hawkinson. I know it's there. He's an Iowa boy. We love our Iowa tight ends. And can say it every week, this dude's going to be around for a long time. For sure. And and TJ Hawkinson is literally only going to get better. Like That's what people don't understand. This guy is... He's he's already an elite blocker. He just needs to be used more in the offense. He's he's and he could he's going to be getting better in the red zone. He's going to be a very significant red zone target years to come because with experience you're going to get better in the red zone. No no, no doubt about it. Yeah, I th- he can catch a lot more touchdowns. Big body. There's going to be some points where he's going to start to line up out wide and he can use his big body. Go Stafford can throw a fade to him. He's going to go up and get it. That'll come with development and time. But right now, the yards are there. The touchdowns are kind of there. He's got five on the year. Still a couple weeks left here. Probably going to end up with, I'm going to guess, like seven to eight touchdowns, probably with close to 900 yards on the season. A 1,000 yards would be Jeez. amazing. Get 400 yards. to He needs, four. I think, 385 more yards out of the last, what is there, four games? Yeah. Maybe five and five yeah, and seven, four, four games. games. Yep. So he could do it. He needs one really big game. He needs to eclipse over 100 yards. But that's kind of one of the, the small things the Lions you can root for, even if you don't want them to make the playoffs, all that. You can – let's root for Hawk to get over 1,000 yards on the season. Oh, he could do it. He could do it. And and he had 84 this week, and, and – it was it was kind of a, a quiet eighty four. Quiet, definitely quiet eighty four. Yeah, and a quiet seven catches too. So, I mean, that was a big week for Hawk. Big week for pretty much all the Lions receivers. 
But that last drive with the Bears, it just had me mind boggled. Flashbacks, what? literally flashbacks. What is Matt Nagy doing? Like this guy needs to be fired. That was a really soft run by David Montgomery on fourth down. Yeah. This dude tried to wait for his blocks to develop, dude. Just got to fall forward. But why are they running the ball with 30 seconds left running? Clock was running. I don't know if they had a timeout, too. They had one. one. They had one. Yeah, so even if they get that, they have to call their timeout. Yeah, they they have to burn it. Yeah, they they don't have to really go for the end zone there. Allen Robinson really screwed up not getting first down there. That was a terrible effort play. He oh, had he yeah. could have had that by a yard and a half, but oh. good thing he's for the Bears tank. He doesn't want Mitch Trubisky anymore. I'm guessing. <laughs> so, he, well, he's leaving after the season. Could be for it. sure. If we don't pay um, Kenny Galladay, maybe we pay Allen Robinson. I'd rather pay Galladay, but that's discussion down the line. Oh but yeah. He cost the Bears the game. Could have had the the first down because I don't know what the Lions were doing. The Lions on that defensive possession, they were playing zone. Their goal was like to get the Bears down into field goal range or something. I know they were down by four, but they let them get to the 25 yard line like it was nothing. Yeah. I'm like, why do you guys just keep giving them 15, 10 yards every single play? They were just, Mitch Trubisky was just sitting back there and picking them apart. Dude, they were playing like 10 yard D, uh, prevent. On, on the on the Lions, there's a, 40. there's a minute and ten seconds left. I'm like, the, there's plenty. They got two timeouts. Like, it's not like this game is gonna run out of time. They got like an 18 yard catch right off the right off the rip with with Anthony Miller uh, to the 50 yard line, just like that. And there was thinking, just nobody like, yeah, there. Here we go. I get here you want to keep them it. in front, but at some point, you gotta you can't just let them run 10 yards downfield and catch the ball, like. No, <laughs> no, it, it gave me Patricia flashbacks. I swear, it, yeah. it was like when I was watching this defense all over again. But the defense actually buckled down when they needed to. The last four plays, great defensive stand, the, especially the fourth down play. I forgot who blew it, uh, blew up the play, but got penetration, which they haven't done all year. That offensive line is terrible, to be fair. That Bears offensive line is probably one of the worst in football, but got. Made the play when the play needed to be made and got the Lions a win, which the defense actually <laughs> stood on their head and got the turnover and got the fourth down stop. Yeah, I think Kevin Strong, I think pretty much everybody got through there. Kevin Strong, defensive tackle off the practice squad. He's filling in for Danny Shelton, I believe. He's he's injured. But, yeah, it, it was a good play. I mean, they, they really stepped up. You got to give them credit for, for stopping them on fourth and one. Because, you know. Always a tough stop. Yeah, always a tough stop. And especially with David Montgomery running that well this uh, this week against us, as every team does. They run the ball down our throats, which is – when we have to face Derrick Henry, oh, man. Yeah, and Aaron Jones. It's going to be a problem. Our linebackers are going to look like fools when Derrick Henry's running down our throats. <laughs> it's Tractor Cito season, too. He's uh, weeks <laughs> like 9 to 16, and he's just dominant. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's going to be a problem. They had a terrible game this week against the Browns. Anybody watching around the around the clock scores? He got shut down. Baker Mayfield was balling out. That was a weird score. Again, weird week in the NFL. We're going to see a pissed-off Derrick Henry probably week 17, unless they clinch. <laughs> oh, for sure. Unless they clinch. Hopefully they clinch. Yeah. They don't have anything to play for. No, yeah. Yeah. Jeez. That Browns team is actually looking really good, to be honest. Yeah, ba- yeah our boy DPJ, nice double move, t- how uh, did 75-yard he, touchdown. How did he go so late in that draft? Because it's not – I saw some people on Twitter, the Shea Patterson effect. No, it's the Jim Harbaugh effect. You have no idea how to use this absolute freak of an athlete <laughs> on the outside. Yeah. And that's why you felt – I think – the Browns got to steal. I, I guess it's a little bit of hometown bias, both big Michigan fans. Yeah. I saw this dude. I saw what this dude could do. I saw him at the combine. He's an athlete. And athletes yeah. always find their way around the NHL, the NHL, the NFL. <laughs> and he's, I bet he's going to be probably one of their top two receivers by the end of next year. Cause Jarvis Landry. I stinks. believe it. DPJ is going to start running around more routes. Don't want to. 
getting a little bit into the, the Cleveland Browns talk, but you gotta you gotta hit on the Michigan men when you see him. Oh, Peppers sure. balling out in, in New York right now. Would the love to see him in a in a Lions jersey? But it's always nice to see the Michigan uh, the Michigan boys continuing their career beyond the garbage football team that we have here <laughs> in, in Michigan. Yeah, it's definitely not great. It's not great times over here, but Pistons and Red Wings will be starting up soon, and I guess we'll see what happens with this. Detroit yeah, the Pistons a couple of weeks here. Two weeks, I think. Yeah. Yep. Two weeks from today, actually. Yeah, that's right, and we got preseason on Friday, too. So <laughs> Finally going to be a little bit more to talk about than just the Lions, which is very, very nice. Yeah, our five but, and seven Lions. Yeah, yeah, until we went out and go nine and seven. Let's do it, Tally. I'm did, all in. Did, I'm yeah. all in. Nine did, and seven. Did you see that? You see that video of them getting off the plane today too? With the, oh with the, yeah, with those the masks, masks on. on what was that? I, I'm like, they're having fun. <laughs> Matt Patricia would never <laughs> let them do that, dude. I, mean, this I was team like, doesn't care anymore. They're yeah. actually having fun, which is nice to see because this this team hasn't had fun since like since never Jim Caldwell was a big never have fun guy too but yeah. he actually won so we never talked about it couldn't talk about it but I guess it's a little bit better to see a team actually enjoying themselves enjoying their coach Daryl Bevel this is a this is a chance for him to make a statement even if he's not a head coach here maybe he can prove to some teams he can do it so the last couple of weeks here we might lose all of them but at least the team's going to be looking a little bit more lively. They're going to have a little bit more pep in the step. The sideline's going to look better. The sideline on Sunday was great. If you yeah. saw it, every, every time there's a play made on the offside, offensive side of the ball, defensive side of the ball, special team side of the ball, everybody was standing up on the sideline cheering. It, when they got that turnover, that fumble in the red zone, oh, that defense looked so fired up. And st- st- the cam of Stafford, picking up his helmet he was like let's fucking he go was when shocked, they got the ball dude. yeah he was so shocked when they got the ball he's like wait <laughs> we got the ball back yeah it, it was it was definitely a different a different atmosphere around the sideline around the team which is it's a great change up for the last three years what we felt exactly and and i'm ready to roll into this green bay game and, and let's win this thing the hell with it dude Let's, yeah, let's, we can start talking about it. Actually, we're not going into Green Bay. We're, we're coming back home. And we're yeah, we're coming home. Game. We're I, there's no doubt in my mind. It, no doubt. No, no doubt. doubt. The last time we beat game. Aaron Rodgers healthy, the last time we Long beat Aaron Rodgers healthy was 2018, and Kenny Galladay went off that day. Whole bu- we were one in three at that point too, and I was like, "What is happening?" I remember that game one in three, and we beat Green Bay. With a healthy ride. Could have been last year. Very uh, unlucky situation that oh, happened last in, year. In Lambo. Oh, yeah, that in Lambo. When the Lions even had the hit, they were illegal, still pushing. Illegal hands yeah. to the face. I guess you can't put your hands on, on, on the chest pad of, of the player. That makes sense, right? Yeah, it was that. Oh, that's also going a good back. question. When are we getting Trey Flowers back? Yeah, I don't know. That dude might be done for the year. You think? Yeah, the way they're nothing's been said about them. So I'm really I'm same thing with Kenny Galladay. Nobody's talking about Kenny Galladay. I have no idea what this dude's gonna play this week. Yeah, like we fired Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia. Just come out here and play. We know you hated them. Yeah, because it's not those two never answered questions ever. Matt Patricia, Bob Quinn, and it's Daryl Bevel was answering some questions. Hopefully that. This week, they'll ask about some health. I know they were talking about Swift a lot, that it wasn't a head injury anymore. It was an illness, which was good because we never know. We, we literally had no clue when it was Matt Patricia because he wanted to hide what for what reason because you, you were losing every game anyways. So it's going to be nice to see a little bit of transparency probably throughout the week. Daryl Bevel's going to conduct himself in a more professional manner than Matt Patricia ever did in press conferences. So – we can only hope we're going to get Kenny Galladay back. I don't think we're going to get Trey Flowers back, but I definitely think we're going to get KG and DeAndre Swift back. Yeah, and, and we're going to – we're we're definitely going to see where this team can go. That, that is – This point, win. Why not? Why not? Don't Still don't think there's probably a 0.0001% chance they win out. But, hey, if they do it, you got to respect Daryl Bevel, and it would – I think he would have to get the job, to be fair. If Which he wins out? Be, oh, shit. Yeah. 
Don't, yeah, which don't could, even. That could be a worst case scenario, in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. God, well, imagine the Lions went out, they make the playoffs, and Daryl Bevel gets a an extension, and then the next year they go like two and fourteen or something. You're gonna give me night. You're gonna give me nightmares. Yeah, this just throwing out some scenarios into the <laughs> timeline here. Oh, this man. that would that would be uh, very very uh, interesting to say the least. But yeah, I got to give my score prediction here. I think it's going to be a shootout. I think it's going to be 34-28 Lions. Really? That is wow, he's predicting the win. 34-28 Ooh. Lions. No doubt in my mind. Bring it to the oh, bank. Wait. Injury report. I don't think this is Didn't this did week. a practice report Oh, that was my other question. December uh, 7th. That was too done. No, okay, that was for Sunday. Yeah. yeah. That was for Sunday. Yeah, we should be I'm getting a practice right report tomorrow. Practice yeah, report. Yeah, because it says out for Swift, Galladay. Yeah. yeah. So that there's no way they're that's out this early. No. So no. I guess if Swift and Galladay are back, it's going to be a closer game, in my opinion, which no doubt those two are game changers. Jeff Akuda could also be coming back. I don't want to see him on DeAndre Devontae Adams again. Please oh, keep him geez. away from him if he is back. But I'm going to go out and say 41-31 Packers. 41 put a 40 bomb. Packers. Yeah. Aaron Another Rogers 41 bomb by the Green Bay Packers. Stop. Yeah, he's on his fuck you tour. He's going to throw for four touchdowns, maybe five. Hey, I'm, I'm, on, I'm on Hill Optimism this week. Yeah, fair sure. enough. Fair, as as you should be. Uh, Let's I just, win this week. Let's I'm cautiously win. optimistic. It could be a closer game than it was in Green Bay. I think it will be. Yeah. The Lions are plus plus like 300 right now in Vegas. The spread's seven and a half. So the Lions are getting a little bit more than a touchdown. So, uh, I don't know. I don't think I, I Vegas can't... is usually right. I can't put money on it because uh, that'll that'll just offset the offset the exactly. magic, you know. Just, yep. just uh, I'm going. Oh my God, I'll bring it to the bank. Lions are winning Sunday. And All I'm saying is the over is the move. Over fifty five is the move. The Packers might do that themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is the move. Lions usually always hit the over. They somehow hit the over in this game. The over was like forty four. They blew it out of the water. Yeah, well, if you think about it, that defense doesn't care anymore. Yeah, yeah. And our defense sucks. I mean, you look at the point score, 34 to 30, 41, 25, 20, nothing. That was the game. 30 to 27, 34, 20, 41, 21. Like, this defense gives up a ton of points, and the offense scores enough to keep the game relatively close. So this one could definitely be a shootout. Might be a fun game. Hopefully, it's actually close until the fourth quarter, and it's just not a game I have to turn off. <laughs> yeah, that would that would be preferable. And don't ask me how we're going to stop Aaron Jones, how we're going to stop Aaron Rodgers, and how we're going to stop. It's just going to happen. We're going to willpower it. It's it's we're holding them to twenty eight points. You can wow wow wow. Just just don't. It's going straight to the bank, people. Straight. To he it. said he he said sell your house. Sell your business, put it from everything up for mortgage, or put the game, the lines, money line plus three hundred. It's they're defending the den on Sunday, and I can't wait defending for defending the den. What are they like one and five at home? Yep, one and five, but zero and zero with Daryl Bevel, and that's all that matters. Are they what? Because they had are they? What, okay, so lost against the Texans at home. Washington was at home, so that's one win. Oh yeah, yeah. the Jaguars was away. Yeah, literally their only win at home was uh, the Washington game. Because <laughs> they're four and three on the road. Yeah, some somehow somehow I have a positive record on the on the road, but they can't win games at home. Yeah, so that means what they have three out of the four at home. Yep, yeah, I think I believe they end with three out of four because what Packers at home yeah. at Titans home versus the Bucks and Vikings. Uh-oh. I remember when the the schedule first came out, I was like, oh, that's going to be, like, cool for me having tickets. Like, the last three out of four weeks, those could be the most interesting weeks, and they're all exactly. at home. That exactly. shapes out well for the Lions there. You have to go on the road a lot early, but if you can get out of that, you know, 
the first three out of five on the road, you could be setting up yourself nicely for the end of the season. Yeah. It didn't fall out that way. No. As you, we lost a lot <laughs> throughout the first half of the season. And but there's no fans. So it's, yeah, exactly. And the no fans was a killer. So it didn't even but matter. hopefully they defend the den this week. It'd be nice to see a win. Always rooting for a win. Guess win out, go 9 7. Maybe 9 7 is going to get into the playoffs. We're, we're, we're only. We're, We're only uh, half joking here. <laughs> One side of our brain says, let's win. The other side of our brain says, that's try to get me. I'm Carson. always hoping for it. If we go nine and seven, we're making the playoffs. Also, we hold the tiebreaker against Arizona. And yep. so you we could keep that in mind. We could hold it versus the, oh, wait, no, I don't think we could hold it versus the Vikings anymore unless we beat the Packers and Vikings. That gets us to what? Three and three in the division. I think the the Vikings would also be three and three. It would come to a whole lot. Who knows if that's going to happen? Imagine week seventeen for the wild card. Oh, that'd be so. Screw it. Screw it. Let's do it. We're going nine and seven. Let's go. We're we're already there. If they do get this one, I will admit it sets up a little bit to be interesting. At the Titans, who just struggled, the Bucks, who struggle versus everybody, they lose to the Bears somehow, and then the Vikings. Who knows? Could be what uh, eight and seven going to week seventeen. Only half kidding here. This team still stinks. This defense stinks. But maybe a little run, little maybe little tiny baby run here. Imagine if we have a week seventeen winning in, or imagine if we have like a week sixteen like meaningful game against the Buccaneers. We or a and wild then, card. We beat the beat the Bucks, then go into week seventeen. If you win, you're in, and then they lose by 45 at home to the Vikings. Just scenario here. What if the Bucks lose next week? They fall to seven and six, one game back of the Bucks, and and you're playing oh, them in, in whole Detroit. Lot of scenarios. Tally, there, scenarios. there's anything can happen at this point. You're you talking yourself into it. You're talking I'm, yourself into it. I hear it. It's bad. It's bad. But I'm talking myself into it. I'm getting my heart. I'm, back I'm checking it out. It. I'm gonna check it out. I can. What I need to do is get the playoff machine on and see you what the do. Lions have That's to do. It. But That's let me it. see. I, I'm going to pull it up for the podcast. Playoff machine. Just start playing the Each, numbers. That's it. Start, playing, start the playing the numbers, playing the, the odds. Okay, week 13. No, okay. If we, you we, start four. playing the numbers, Tally, your heart will get back into it. You, I'm Lions win. I guarantee you we're going to have that same feeling. Our heart is we, – we're not going to be able to, you know – because on Sunday, I'll be honest, I didn't give a crap about the game against the Bears. Like, that was the first time in a while I watched the game and just didn't care. But this Sunday, I think against the Packers, I'm going to have, like, my gut is going to, is, is just going to be full. Which is so funny for a uh, a five and seven football team. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, like, we, we want to watch again on Sunday, and they're probably going to lose by a lot on Sunday. But our hearts there, they're, they could win. There's too many scenarios. There's way too many scenarios. Okay, I'm going to do week. They win that one. The Lions win again. Let's say uh, the Vikings lose to the Bears. Vikings lose to the Bears. Okay, okay. And who do the Bucks even play this week? They play the Vikings. Bucks play the Vikings? Yep. That's a huge wild card matchup. Who are we rooting for? Yeah, because... New Orleans is no matter what. I, I would probably say Tampa Bay because they're closer. They're the sixth seed anyways. The Vikings would need to lose. Because we're not catching the Bucs because they're a guy. Eight, uh, uh, they, don't say never. Don't say never. Never say never with this we're, football We play team, the Bucs, Tally. you got to understand that. We play yep. them. I'm, That's I'm getting into that. I'm just clicking a bunch of teams here. There, are, say, there is a chance we can catch them. We're two games back right now with four to go. Two games back with four to go with the tiebreaker at hand. Don't forget that head to head matchup. So, okay, okay. I just figured it out. The Lions win the next three, and the Cardinals go two. They they lose one of their next three, and the Vikings lose two of their next three. The Lions would be the seventh seed playing the Rams at eight and eight, at eight and seven right now, at eight and seven. Let me can they go a little eight bit more the playoffs? Washington wins that game. Chargers win that game. They win that game. See it. Okay, it might be Seattle. Depends who see, wins that division. See, you're you're get you're getting you're getting your heart back into it. 
my heart it's it's not there this is just a little bit of fun playoff machines fun let's say they win that game then week 17 the lions beat the vikings get to nine and seven they would be locked at the six seed let's see what if at the seven seed if if camp if Tampa loses to Atlanta, the Lions get the six seed. Wow, at nine and at, seven, they would have to go nine and seven. A lot of a lot of stuff has to happen here. I could I could see an eight and eight team making the playoffs at yeah. uh, at the seven. We're, seed. we're really at a, a playoff machine up right now. Listen, Telly, if the Lions lose this weekend, we're gonna be we're gonna be coming on Monday or Tuesday next week, and we're gonna be full force playoff machine. Full force into oh. it. They're gonna get. They're gonna rip our hearts away if they win this. Could you? Which is very funny. I mean, we're we're just doing this for fun. Why not have a little bit of fun with a five and seven football team? Let's win out. The assistant coach said, "Look at the dictator. He's gone. This team's gonna have fun. They're gonna win out. I'm all for it. Let's go, Lions." Got my heart into it a little bit. Let's go. My brain, my brain knows they're probably gonna go like one and three or two and two. <laughs> yeah. But let's let's try to have a little bit of fun. If say everything does go to plan, Tampa finishes nine and seven, the Lions finish nine and seven. Green Bay, we would have them at, in the wild card game. Beautiful matchup in Lambo. I love it. I love it. That that would be something. Just get me juiced up. Just just. Get Although me I up. I think I'd rather play the Rams to be honest. Yeah, probably, but their defense is is really legit. But Jared Goff yeah. is really really lousy. Not great. So, it, there's too many scenarios, as we said. Let lay an egg, Aaron. Lay an egg, Packers. Just lay an egg one time against us, and 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 put our hearts back into the season. That's all yeah, he say. should do it. He should pay us a favor, man. Yes, Absolutely. he's been killing one. Matt Stafford. We, in we deserve one. Yeah, he, he he shouted out Matt Stafford. I think he's gonna he's gonna throw this game on purpose. Gonna give the Lions the Let's win. Let us get us back into the playoff hunt. Six and seven. Absolutely, just in the hunt, it baby. In, in the, the hunt. hunt. All I want to be. All I want to do is it. be on the graphic. There's nothing more you could ask for than being in in the play in the hunt graphic in in December. Oh, I'm live all for live it. breathe in the hunt, baby. I'm all for it. Let's win this week, baby. Let's win. That pretty much wraps up the podcast, though. Definitely. I mean, come back to us on uh, on Monday when we're recording. If it's a victory Monday, our hearts are gonna be completely into it. Oh, it's gonna it, be bad. It's gonna. I can already see it. I can already see it. They're gonna. They're just gonna destroy our emotions and destroy our hearts for the for the whole season. I have a feeling they're. It's it's gonna be up and down. I could see this going in many different ways. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna be engaged again. The the game on Sunday, I'll be rooting hard for them. Be fully sure. engaged. See what's going on around the league. Need a couple losses with Definitely. with the Vikings. Yeah, we're but, we're we're in playoff watch. We're in wild card play, watch. Play, we're five, for teams. five and seven playoff watch with that extra seven seed getting in. Yeah, and I don't even know who to root for Vikings or, or Bucks at this point. Who, who definitely, knows? definitely the Bucks because the Bucks are the better overall team who are going to make the playoffs. Right. The Vikings are uh, not a very good team. Kirk Cousins, True. terrible. True. So we'll see. It comes down to that. We'll we'll definitely see Monday again. Come back to us. Could be we could be talking up a storm, oh, or ready guess, to call the season to quits. <laughs> yep, could be the game. The season will be over if they lose again, which will be nice. I'd rather them them lose early than them get to eight and seven and then lose week seventeen. So anything not to rip my heart out here, just to make me have a little keep a little bit of my sanity, and just. Just don't do a Lions thing. Don't suck me all the way back in. As I'm, I'm not. I got the playoff machine up as a joke right now, but the playoff machine will be up in full force next week. Full force, not a joke. If they do win, definitely we'll we'll be playing the odds. We'll be playing. We'll be playing the the numbers. But great podcast this week. Great episodes. Great talking Fun with you, Tally, sure. as always. And let's beat the Cheeseheads this weekend. Let's let's freaking beat them, man. Why not us? Why not us? Let's go. Here comes the run. And as always, everyone, thank you for listening. 
We will be back next week as always. Peace out, y'all. See yeah. ya.